Hey, what's up? This is Jason from Death Therapy, and you're listening to the Campfire Conversationalist Podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to the Campfire Conversationalist podcast. And uh, we just got done with our interview with Jason Wisdom from Death Therapy. And his, you know, some people might know him from uh, Becoming the Archetype. Um, What an amazing guy. What an amazing guy. That's all I got to say. You know? Yeah, he's definitely more over some of that stuff than I am. He didn't you know he doesn't know us from anything and you know matt reached out to him and we we just asked if he would be willing to come on the podcast to talk and he totally was willing to and did it so you know for those of you that haven't heard death therapy we encourage you to go out and um buy you know their uh, pre-order their new album and to look them up, to give them a listen. Yeah, the new album's called Voices. Yeah. So like what I'm talking with is my voice. My, voices. my sexy voice. <laughs> my radio voices. This, this is, is my... the radio voices. <laughs> I have but a terrible what, radio voice. What, what an amazing guy, you know. Uh, I can't really say it enough. I mean, it's not... How many times have you thought throughout your life that you you have a favorite band and it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but you have a favorite band and have how many times have you thought like how cool would it be to talk to that person, dude? And, and then just I, like I'm remotely best person because I think almost all of my metal and rock superheroes to me i've gotten to talk to i've talked to actually i can't remember if i've talked to bruce Fitzhugh or not off the top of my head but i had talked to lance okay (laughs) i've talked to lance i've talked to rocky yeah um i've interacted with rocky online and had a few conversations with him i've talked to ted well i think i shook his hand and he signed something for me this would have been before i was a huge fan of tourniquet but i've talked to ted kirkpatrick um when I, How about okay. Tom Jones? No, no, I've never talked to Tom Jones <laughs> in person. Dude, um, we gotta add him on. <laughs> dude, that'd be funny. You gotta IM him. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, I've even I've even talked to Steve Rowe of Mortification before, and Lincoln Bowen, the guitar, the, the guitarist at the time. Yeah. Um. Sonny. P.O.D. Yeah, Sonny. I've talked to Sonny. I've talked to do all you remember, the guys in do you remember at, countless uh, times. Do you remember? Uh, did you ever come with me to one of their concerts at that uh, that church in Westland? No. I wait, seen wait, him. Wait. I seen him with their Brown album there when Tony. Uh, what was his name? Cookery, uh, Cookley, whatever. Yeah, he was leading the. Uh, remember, he was bringing in all the bands. Pastor Tony. Oh, Tony. No, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of, He was bringing no. in all the bands, and he was bringing in P.O.D. like all the time. And I seen P.O.D. Uh, play there on their Brown album. Which, what were the opening bands? Oh, dude. Ah, uh, uh, man. Is he, oh, you know how many years ago we that friends. was? It was like 20 yeah, plus years. 20, over 20 years ago. Yeah. So I saw P.O.D., um, with on the Warriors tour, the first Warriors tour, okay. when opening for POD was Blindside, and then Project Eighty Six, and then okay. POD was the was the was the main show. Where at was that some at? Church, some ch- or Ann Arbor? No, it was um, it was some church in. I seen him in Ann Arbor, and I seen POD and Project Eighty Six um, with Lincoln Park opening up for both of them. Down yeah, see state. that was that. Was, I I wasn't there for that. I think I was in master's commission and okay. I couldn't get free yeah, during I, that show. Yeah, they had head PE playing, which man. Yep, yeah. I remember. And then uh, I remember that show that I couldn't go to. Yeah, and then Lincoln Park. <laughs> I remember Lincoln Park opened up, and I was like, "Who is this band?" 
Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, Dave Byron and I went and seen uh, POD when they opened up for Lincoln because after that, and this was before Lincoln Park was huge when you'd seen them. Yeah. But when I had gone and seen them, you know, Lincoln Park just blew up and were, were super. And um, so POD Palace. Uh, um, so I don't even remember who the other bands were off the top of my head, but I just remember it was POD opening up for Lincoln Park. Um, that might have been on the Meteora, their Meteora album. Yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, no, um, psh. oh, let's see. I also saw, so, so I can't remember the church or the city, but it wasn't far from where DWO was, um, where I saw POD on the, okay. um, on the, the Warriors tour. Yeah. And then the next night I went and seen same tour, but it was in Lansing at, uh, it was another, I don't even know. It was another church, but I don't remember at all. Um, so let's see what else. Oh, let's see. Who else have I who have I had interactions with um, as far as some of my favorite bands? Oh, well, yeah. I've I gotten a personal phone call from Andrew Schwab a few couple, maybe eight weeks ago or something. Wow. I am a Patreon on his first podcast. Yeah. Um, and as a way to say thank you, he, you know, put out his he, he put it out that he was going to call you know people for you know supporting his podcast mm-hmm. um which by the way check out andrew schwab's podcast it's called the pioneer podcast pioneers podcast and it's really really good you can find it on spotify um uh and he he interviews a lot of bands and uh, uh stuff like that as well so uh yeah he called me and i've also personally talked to him i remember kenny and i went and seen project 86 at the shelter in detroit yeah and i don't remember who what other bands were there at the moment um but yeah i mean we went and after they played uh, kenny and i went and talked to andrew for like a good 10 15 20 minutes and you know he was chill it, it so. just always amazes me i mean like being able it, you have like all these like heroes in your in your mind like of big bands that you just love you listen to all their music and then all of a sudden you get that chance to talk to them you know and you're kind of like in starstruck mode like you know, mm-hmm. even when even when today when we were when we were talking to Jason Wisdom, like the first ten minutes, I was like literally, I I kept telling myself up to that point, you're not going to be in starstruck mode. You're going to ignore that uh, that. I instinct. was. I couldn't help it. <laughs> I know you're going to ignore that. You're going to ignore it. You're going to press through and be professional. And then all of a sudden, we start talking to him. And I'm like, buh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I can kind of deal with being starstruck and having a, a somewhat normal conversation. Yeah. But I still get getting excited. I can't help myself. I yeah. mean, and I'm the same I mean, way, but, dude. How many times have I listened to, you know, a dichotomy? How many times dude, have I listened to yeah. Physics of Fire or, you know, I, well, I, I can't literally remember how many times I played that CD and, and like burned it out. Yeah. You know? Same here. Like, I remember when I would work for Eric and I would be passing out floors. I would have like soul embraced and like uh, becoming the archetype and just like those albums playing on repeat just all day. While I, yeah, yeah. While I was, you know, handing out flyers all day. Yeah. So I mean, and then you all of a sudden you get a chance to talk to someone like that, and you're like, uh, what do I talk about? <laughs> Hi. Hi. It's nice to meet you. And everything else that we do is seems so like insignificant. Yeah. <laughs> we run a podcast. <laughs> Hi, <Yeah>. mister. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's a great thing though, and we we can't thank Jason enough for coming on and talking with us and not you know not a short conversation either i mean he held in like a trooper and talked to us you know extensively about stuff that he probably was not really prepared to talk about but you know he pushed through and gave us a full-time allotment which again thanks man we appreciate it um yeah and yeah some of that stuff was so deep and i had no knowledge of some of it no i wouldn't say no knowledge uh, I don't want to give away some of the conversation topics uh, 
in case you're listening to this episode before the other one for some reason. But I mean, there was like one topic where I'm like, yes, I've heard of this and I don't even know how to begin to research something like that. And then some of the other topics I was like, okay, I have an opinion on it, but it's more like I couldn't really prove it one way or another. So it's just, just not opinion. just an opinion with without yeah. evidence. You know, yeah, it's just my my opinion or belief, and there's nothing wrong um, with that. You know, I mean, everyone has an opinion based on something, one way or another. I mean, that's kind of the idea of this show is just to talk and to yeah. talk like you know, henceforth the name, like you're sitting around a campfire with your best friends and you're just you know talking. When you sit like when I was a kid and we would sit around a campfire. Those were some of the greatest conversations because they didn't really have relevant point. They were just us communicating with each other, talking. I lost you, Matt. I said, "Yeah, we're, we're you know, just uh, just shooting the breeze." Yeah, and that was the whole intent and purpose. You're sitting around, get a nice crackling fire, and you're kicking back and talking about sometimes like nothing, sometimes really you know really in deep thought you know so that being said the last time we were we had our podcast we were talking about what we would do for this particular show away from uh having our guest jason wisdom come on and we were discussing where me and matt's origins came from and, you know, for those of us, or for those of you that are listening, you might not know, but me and Matt have been friends for how long, Matt? Oh, probably 20 and a half years. 20 Six and a half. months. Yeah, 20 and a half years. <laughs> six months. Six weeks, three days. <laughs> and 20. I'm losing you. I'm losing uh, you, buddy. No, it's over 20 years. Uh, I was so... When we met, I had just gone and seen Mortification. Okay. And I had a band T-shirt, which is what I was wearing with the you know the typical like band T-shirt that you get on at a show where it has the tour dates on the back. And that's how John spotted me out um, from having worn that shirt. So, and I believe that show would have been September of twenty. No, 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 nineteen ninety-eight. September of ninety-eight. I think is when that show was. I said 20 out of September of 1998 was. So after that, maybe October of, of 98, you and I have been friends since then. Yeah. So, so over 20 years, where did we meet at? Why don't you tell them? <laughs> uh, Zion. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Zion, uh, what's the, I don't even remember the full name of the church. That's all right. Zion Church, yeah, Zion or whatever. It was a church that John had already been attending, and I was new, and I kind of wandered into the youth group. Even though at this point I was eighteen or nineteen, I kind of just have always fit in with younger people. Like uh, a lot of my friends now, even are like 10, 15 years younger than me. I've always fit in with younger people, so even though I was about nineteen at the time, I was like, I'm going to the youth group, and. So, yeah, there's John. He's walking around with this ponytail in his hair, and he comes up and says hi to me. You like, he's like, hey, you like mortification? I'm like, yes, I do. And I, the rest is history <laughs> wait, wait. after that. So so how it actually, there's a little bit more into it. So when I first met, it wasn't his T-shirt that caught my eye. It was the fact that we were singing some really, really slow song. Oh, yes, I forgot about this. Oh, wow. I don't remember what song it was. I don't either. But it was like a really, really slow song for like praise and worship. And Matt is just like death metal growling it out. And yes. the, the church was one that I never really, it, it was one that I belonged to, but it wasn't one that I fit into, if that makes any well, sense. And, and that's me too. I've never fit in. Uh, well, I shouldn't say I've never fit in. Uh, that part of me, the extreme metal, that which at that time was a huge part of who I was and my personality and my, my characteristics, I've never fit into anywhere, any job when I was younger uh, because I was so 
into like the metal stuff to where it was like a part of every aspect of my life so yeah like i didn't fit into any church you know in that way as far as my personality i'd be like how great thou just you're, getting you're into pixelating it, that, that you're pixelating that's how i sorry that's how i would worship just because it'd be you know that's what i was into yeah well and likewise myself the majority of the people at the church were from like a rich background or a well-off background and i was kind of the ragtag like metal you know metal kid so there was a lot of clashing interests so when i seen someone wearing a shirt of a band that i recognize and knew like i was like oh my gosh finally there's a chance and this is a big church there's probably 300 youth maybe maybe 600 youth there was a lot i mean it was a church of 3000 so you know it was a really big church so the prospect of actually finding a friend that i completely fit in with that you know just seeing it though i can still picture it matt where he was in the youth group just i mean and he wasn't holding back anything he was like full out death metal growling as loud as he possibly could <laughs> to the fullest extent and everyone around him looks scared out of their mind <laughs> they just look yes. totally terrified because here's this guy just like how great that just like full out as hard as he possibly can and everyone just looked terrified but that is actually how matt and me we met uh 20 plus you know years ago um i don't i don't remember what happened after that i think it just took down your number and then we oh. you were driving yeah, that the, subaru at the time remember that oh wow my that was my first subaru yeah, yeah the orange one yeah the ugly ugly yes. 80s orange yes <laughs> the sun kissed first car it was like a sun kissed color wasn't it I just call it ugly '80s orange. Ugly '80s that's orange. What it was. If you if you type into Google, 1983 orange Subaru station wagon, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's <laughs> a super ugly color, but that car, was, dude, it had like 300. I thought it was like 300, yeah, 380,000 miles. Because remember, I was like like blown away that that thing wouldn't die. Yeah, it finally it never actually died. It I had some weird issue to where like the the key ignition wouldn't work, and that's the only thing I couldn't get to work on. Everything else, the motor and everything was solid. And actually, currently I have a Subaru with two hundred and seventy nine thousand miles on it, or something like that. Wow! I only paid seven hundred fifty bucks for it. Wow! Had it for I've had it for a year and a half. Holy cow! Yeah, it's and it goes. It, I just pulled out of my dude the other day. I uh, had to pull out of my garage, and there's like literally two feet of snow because we live, dude. Our house is so the way they set it up was retarded, in the most literal sense and definition of the word retarded. So we don't actually have a driveway. Our driveway is the alleyway, and since we're on the corner, we you know we just you come in into the alley, and that's also our driveway. So, like, there's this dude that lives on the street behind us, but we share the same alley. Mm -hmm. um, he plows the alley for everybody so, you know, he can get through and everyone else can get through. But since my driveway is right there on the alley, like, you know, all the snow gets pushed up right on my um, on my part of the driveway, which I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. I'm not complaining at all. Dude, my Subaru goes right through it. Like, it's an old <laughs> 2002 uh, you know, rust, rust on the the you know quarter panel, and like yeah. I put snow tires on it this year, and it goes right through like literally two feet of plowed snow, which is all you know hard hardened snow from having been compacted in by the plow. Yeah. So yeah, it just goes right through it. No That's awesome. Deal. Yeah. So when did that thing at your mom's happen? Man, I cannot remember. Um, I know. I think it was one of the. First times we were hanging out. And I, I think I was in my station wagon, wasn't I? You were. It was in your car, and it was that little French car. I don't remember the world launch or what. Oh, what was it was that? that. So that wasn't the station wagon then. That was no, the next car No, it was like that French car. Yeah, yeah, it was a little French car that I always had to spray the uh, carburetor with starter fluid. Oh, the little K dude. car. 
Yeah, that was it. That was the key. Yep. Remember, it didn't have so, a radio, so I had to put like a little teeny radio in there. Okay, I do remember that that in that car. That's where you introduced Tourniquet to me. I mean, I'd heard the, I knew of the band, okay. but I'd never really, really, really listened to them before. Yeah, and that was that was when I really got introduced to Tourniquet was in that car. It might have even been that day. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, so John and I are hanging out and we go to my house and he's, he's like in his car or whatever. And then, you know, it's the end of the night or whatever. John lives like an hour. I live. And, You're breaking uh, up a little bit, man. Okay. So yeah, um, John and I are just hanging out at, at my folks house. Cause at this time I, you know, I was 19 and what I was still living at home. Um, and so John and I are hanging out at my house, whatever. And then. You know, my mom and dad are there. They're kind of interacting with John, and they're just like, oh, he's so funny, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And then, you know, so John John leaves for the night. And, like, our so just to kind of describe my house a little bit, it's on a main street, um, and it has, like, this driveway that goes around the back side of the house because there's no front door. It's like um, a U. Yeah. It's yeah, like it's a like U, U around the house. Like like a circle drive, but it goes around the back of the house and then and then to the front because the <coughs> excuse me, the entrance to the house was on the back of the house, so that's why there's the driveway that went behind the house. Mm -hmm. So John's John's hanging out with you know he's getting ready to leave for the night and you know he goes out the back door and then so we we kind of see out the side window him you know pulling around the back where we all park and then up to the front of the street and then like. And then we see on the other side of the house, there's a car pulling up. So we're all like, what's this? And that's John going around. <laughs> Dude, John's like doing circles around my house like 20 times. And my mom is like cracking up laughing. She's like, she's like lit I'm not exaggerating. My mom's like ready to pee her pants laughing. And I'm not making that up. She's like crossing her legs laughing like... Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't believe it! He, she, he's going around the house! I gotta pee! Oh my god! She, dude, to this day, she loves that story, man. Like, it's it's funny. He was just going around in circles around my house, like like it was the walls of Jericho or something. And he was. I think I'm I had my window down. I'm like waving the whole time. Yeah, yeah, and he honked the horn too every time he get. He like beep 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 beep, and then wave out the window and. Yeah, the so things the, the things we do as kids, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, were you there any of the times we had like the paintball wars in the cars? Do you remember that? Uh, I feel like there was one time when we went through Jared Wisner's neighborhood with paintball guns in your car and his or someone else's car. Yeah, and we were tagging up each other's a, car. Yeah, it's it was kind a, of a more of a vague memory. What, though. what a, I just think back, like, how did we not get pulled over? Um, Someone called the police on us for doing something retarded like that. Like, what were we thinking? We weren't shooting houses. We were shooting each other's cars. So we weren't trying to hurt each other or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so but it was almost like playing tag through neighborhoods with paintball guns and shooting each other's cars. Yeah. But what a stupid thing to do. Like, yeah. in this day and age, you wouldn't get two blocks before you got pulled over. And, Dude, yeah. In, in and our you city, would probably go to jail, no like, instantly. You know? Well, not here. Before they took you to jail, they'd search your car for drugs first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even kidding, dude. Everybody has. Everybody has drugs in Warsaw. Oh, dude. And if you're if you're black, oh, you're definitely getting searched for drugs. And I'm not even. Wow. I'll be like driving down the street, and I'll see some black dude standing outside his car, and the police are just looking through his his car. He's got a beater, so he must be a drug seller, right? I mean, it's that bad here. That's a shame. It, I, yeah, it is. It's bad. It's terrible. And even even I've been pulled over one time. Um, my cousin Aaron and I, we were coming coming um, from a job, and it's already dark out, yeah. and we're pulling a trailer, an open trailer, not a not an enclosed trailer, and you can see power washing equipment in the trailer, and we got pulled over and searched for drugs. Wow. Yeah, and it's like clear, we're not in, you know, we're not under the influence, and we're coming from a job. Yeah. And we got searched for drugs. Wow. Yeah. 
So yeah, this this town was uh, as much as I love Central Wisconsin. This particular city is a tyrannical when it comes to the whole drug thing. It kind of bothers me. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. The, so have back you, in the day, would you consider? I mean, have you ever seen the Sovereign City Citizen videos where they like hold up the piece of paper in the window and they're like, you know, no warrant, no search. <laughs> I have watched a few, not not the sovereign citizen ones, um, but I have seen like some videos um, about that. In fact, just the other day, yesterday maybe, or the day before, Kenny sent me a video. I'll have to forward it to you. Um, of like these two lawyers, the it's got some foul language in it, so I can't really repeat everything they said, but it's hilarious. It's like these two lawyers. And one's like, I think he's like smoking a cigar or something. He's like, today, shut the F up Friday. Uh, so what do you do when you get pulled up? And the other one was like, shut the F up. And then he's like, uh, if they if they want to search your car, what do you do? You shut the F up. And he's like, we just got two. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's a hilarious video. But um, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of, I've actually kind of looked into the sovereign citizen thing and it, it kind of piques my interest a little bit. Yeah. Um, do you think you'd have the guts to do it or? I personally wouldn't. I just want to whatever they want. I'm a, I want to get through it as quickly as possible, and I want them away from my car. And, it depends and on I my feel, mood. I feel like you're inviting the cops to react to you in a yeah. more harsh way. You're you're inviting them, saying, "Yes, I want you to punch out my window, to pull me out of my car, to say I'm resisting arrest, so you can curb stomp me a couple times." Yeah. And yeah, then put me I in agree. handcuffs and take me to jail for whatever trumped-up kind of charges you have for me. I agree. Um, but there was this one time when... A band camp? Lighting a little better. No, not a band camp. Um, I've never been to band camp. Um, but I was delivering pizza. Yeah. And so I have a topper, a lit topper on my car. Yeah. You know, that has the company's logo and... You can tell it's a delivery driver. And I got pulled over because um, my... Okay, so this is just a stupid thing. So in the state of Wisconsin... Uh, let me go back a little further. So the city we live in, again, city government, um, we hit the park to alternate what side of the road we park on every other night, depending on the day of the month. So if it's uh, if it's the 5th, you have to park on the side of the road where the house numbers are, are odd. If it's the fourth, you park on the side of the road where all the houses are an even number. Um, so that's how they get you. You forget to park, you know, you forget to switch parking. It's easy to for, forget to move your car. If you, you know, don't leave your house at all that day, it's easy to forget. So I've gotten a couple of parking tickets. One time I, I didn't pay it on time or whatever. I eventually paid it, but it was just not on time. It was a while later and I ended up going to court for it. But before that, before I had gone to court to get it all cleared up, they suspended my registration, which I had never heard of until it happened to me. Do you want to know how you find out if your registration is suspended mm. when you get pulled over? That's yeah. when you find out. They yeah. don't send you a letter. They just pull you over and be like, oh, we ran your license plate and we happen to notice that your, uh, li not your license, your registration is suspended. Uh, and then they, they kind of get you that way. So... I had been pulled over once before about this. And I mean, obviously I'm delivering pizza. I'm not rich at this point. You know, it, it, you know, this is one. You're I surviving. You're surviving. Yeah. You're, you're, you're paycheck to paycheck. All the money in your best tank a lot of times. So it's not like you make a lot of money delivering pizza. You're surviving. Yeah. So I had already been pulled over once for this issue. And then the second time the cop pulls me over and dude i went off dude i was like screaming and yelling and i'm like you guys are targeting me i'm like look man i've got a a freaking uh a, a topper you can tell i'm working like i mean do i look like i got money to take care of this i'm delivering pizza i'm clearly working right now and i just went off on them and like i even recorded part of it and then i tweeted it to the the city police and i was like I was like, and then I looked at my side view mirrors and I seen two other cops walk up with their hands on their guns. Like, <laughs> dude, they were ready. They were ready. And I didn't even care. I was so pissed off because I got pulled over for a parking ticket that wasn't paid on time. Yeah. I was so mad. 
And I'm like, dude, this is just a bunch of BS, blah, blah, blah. You guys are targeting me because of whatever. You know, I'm just going off. It was it was pretty messed up. What happened with um, it? I mean, did they let you give you another ticket or did they let you well, go? Well, no, they didn't give me a ticket because I, I, I basically called the cop out. He's like, you know, you're driving on a, a suspended registration. And, then, and I'm like, oh, you don't have discretion? I'm like, you're telling me you don't have any discretion? And he's like, well, it's a company policy. I'm like, a company? I'm like, aren't you the cops? Is it a company? Is it, a, you know, is it, do you have discretion or is it a company policy? You know, I was under the impression cops had discretion for things. Mm -hmm. And eventually he kind of caved in and I, I don't think I got a ticket or anything. Wow. Uh, I might have gotten a ticket, but it was like a fix it ticket. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, by the time I ended up going to the court, the payment that I had already paid was, you know, had been, you know, they had received the payment, and then by the time I went to court, the judge is just like, is the ticket paid? Yes. Okay, you're dismissed. And that's wow. it. Yeah. Wow. So, well, so here's the lesson And he didn't everybody. get shot. <laughs> no, but I was pretty flipping mad. And, and like I said, there was two cops, one on each side of the car in the back, hands on the hands. And wow. I'm like thinking to myself, dude, this might be it, man. These these cops are ready to go. Ready to go. All right, we, yeah, and we had a little interruption there. Uh, we had some computer issues. Uh, we don't really know what the problem was, but uh, it seems to have corrected itself. Um, I, I, you know, Matt, I don't know what we were talking about last. We were talking about cars or something, and um, I don't know. We'll just. Pick it up from there. <laughs> yeah, we'll just pick it up from there. Pick it up um, from there. So, uh. So. Uh, yeah. Episode four, part B. <laughs> <laughs> four, part B, right in the middle. Yeah. So uh, you said something about uh, Fallout 76. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I started playing it yesterday for the first time. I've been putting it off because I'm one of those that, like, once I start playing Fallout, I can't stop. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want it to be an issue. And I had I had fun. But yeah, it's it seems like... The one thing, there's things I like about it and things I don't like. I don't like how kind of some of the menu stuff has changed. Uh, it's a little overcomplicated to scroll through everything when you're, I don't know. There's a lot to it. Yeah. And I, I kind of seen, like I was just saying like a minute ago, like it's an unpolished work and unfinished work. Um, because even when you go to shoot someone, there's like a delay from when you pull the trigger and when you see the hitbox, like, you know, register. Mm -hmm. And to me, that kind of frustrates me because I want it to be like, you already have the the hit detector, but then when you shoot, like, I want it to be like the hitbox hit right away and not that delay. Right. So, you know. Yeah, that's frustrating to me. It's like <sighs> lag, but it's lag because it was unfinished. You know, yeah. it was unpolished. Do I think they'll polish it over time? Yeah, of course. Maybe. I don't know. It's part of the flack that Bethesda is taking right now. You know, the game company that made it. They're taking yeah. a lot of flack for it not being finished. And I don't know. I, I hope they do. I wish yeah. they would have just finished it from the beginning. They would have sold a lot more. You know. But anyways... Um, else jason wisdom yeah that was good <clears throat> it, was, it was amazing um still kind of have that honeymoon vibe <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep i don't know uh what do you think it was like to be what do you think it was like to be like i mean he says he's like a small time band but to us He's like one of the bigger bands. Well, yeah, like I said, like big, like probably in no particular order. My favorite bands would be like Living Sacrifice, Soul Embrace, Becoming the Archetype, Tourniquet, and let's see, wait, what? How many is that? Probably Demon Hunter. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm just naming like my top five favorite bands. Yeah. Well, Nez, is that opinion because those are the ones of today? And no. they're more relevant. I mean, if do you think if we were like twenty years ago, obviously a couple of those bands wouldn't even be around. 
you know, you, your favorite bands change throughout the ages, but uh, as like a band, a little bit listening, li- <laughs> like thinking objectively. Okay, I got to turn my mic here real quick, Matt. But you're gonna hear some crackling. That's fine. Is is my mic coming through okay? With- yeah, yeah, you're coming through fine. But I'm I'm so- I'm just saying like objectively, we can look like hindsight at older bands like uh, Mortification. Yeah, okay. that used to be my favorite. Or, or how about this? We'll go way back to like White Cross. Yes, or that was that or was my first favorite band was White Cross. Or, or like I said, like even Striper. Like, how come those bands back then could not endure the test of time? I'll tell you exactly why, in my opinion. Because uh, from the 70s to the 80s and from the 80s to the 90s and from the 90s till now, music changed a lot. But from the late 90s until now, mm-hmm. st- music styles haven't changed nearly as much. Uh, so you think there metal. was like radical revolution when it came to music and how it was. And, you know, to also add to that, I mean, think about the grunge movement. How mm-hmm. fast it came with a fad and then drifted out. Uh, you still had a lot of bands that lingered onto that, though. Like, I mean, see, they're still around, and they're, I mean, let's be honest, don't they sound just like Nirvana? Yeah. Yeah. But... Uh, and, 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 like, Alice in Chains, even though I'd, they're, they're bunched in with that grunge, I don't consider them grunge. To me, they're, like, straight-up rock, sometimes a little bit of metal in there. But they got lumped in with the grunge. They had some like, I don't know, man. They had like, maybe it was just Lane's voice, but he Could had be. like, he had like that weird. I want to say like, go- not gospel so much, but it like, there was a lot of soul behind his voice. Hmm. To where when he sang, it was like a soul kind of, you know, put to metal, if that makes mm-hmm. any difference. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't believe he was part of that grunge movement. Maybe well, maybe, some add, songs, ask, maybe some songs. Maybe some songs. But not not as a whole. I mean. No. You, but then again, but he I was snuffed out. Ask people, you know, name me the top five grunge bands of like the early '90s. I guarantee you, most people are going to put Alice in Chains. Oh in yeah, that yeah, category. yeah. They're going to say Nirvana, you know, Soundgarden, yeah, Nirvana Pearl Jam. Being, yep. You know, uh, they're definitely within the five. You know, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's kind <sighs> of. I, I think if you're thinking about Alice in Chains, you know, you got to kind of wonder. Really, after facelift and dirt, um, I don't know. They he was so high all the time that you don't really know what the true lane would like sound like if he was, you know, even in facelift, he was like wasted, but in dirt, he was facelifted or like wasted. But what would he have sounded like if that wasn't part of that and he could just be himself? Like, would they have still been that same style, or would it have been better? Because they they kind of got worse and worse, like, songwriting, and I, I didn't really care for the last couple albums. I thought they were decent. They I mean, were decent, I, the... they just weren't like, when I started listening to them, like, with Facelift and Dirt, like, those were like the iconic Alice in Chains albums. Yeah. And then everything else after that kind of slowly started getting like further away from that, you know. Yeah, I I think I think their newest. I haven't really I haven't listened to their album, their newest album, but their single that came out off their newest album, which I can't recall the name of right now. Yeah, <clears throat> I felt like that single had a, a pretty true to Alice in Chains sound but it was still different enough too okay now what about um, in the, what about in the christian realm though i mean you got like we're talking about major swings in music what about like <coughs> because like bands like white cross and you know honestly if you want to throw striper in there too you could they tried to change their styles 
yeah to kind of conform to what the style was changing into mm-hmm. and and no offense to white cross you know scott wenzel or anybody out there that's listening that might listen to this i'm not trying to disrespect the music but there were some albums that were done that were awful because they were in that transition they just could not seem to make it you know and it to me it just did not sound good it, it well, sounded yeah. it sounded like something they were trying to do something that they weren't meant to do yeah i think a, a lot of bands i don't want to call out one band because i think a lot of bands do this yeah they try to put out cutting edge stuff and whatever style is out at that time they try to kind of match it mm-hmm. but i think if you look at bands now there's a lot more bands that have been around for 10 and 20 years mm-hmm. than if you look 30 years ago you know those bands aren't really around as much mm-hmm. like demon hunters coming up on their 20th year yeah that's hard to believe for me even yeah because uh, out of all those bands that i named off Demon Hunters is not the newest one, but one of the newest ones of my favorite five. Becoming the Archetype is probably the newest yeah. of those of my five favorite bands. And then Demon Hunter would be the second newest band out of my five favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Um, Death so, Therapy? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put them in my top 15, 10, 15, or 20, whatever. I don't know. I'd have to sit there and categorize everything out. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, but I, I guess back to what I was saying is I think there's just a lot more. If a band makes it to a point, there and they you know they kind of have those fans, their their core core fans like mm-hmm. Living Sacrifice, Demon Hunter, you know those bands are around for over twenty years now. We're like, I mean yeah you have, like I would say I'm a fan of White Cross, but they're not touring, they're not making any new material that I'm aware of, right. and you know it's probably. You know, it's probably going to sound so different. It's either going to sound so much like their old stuff that would almost be a little unappealing, or it would just sound so different that it might not be that great. Right. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, without even knowing it, a lot of these bands, they had a style. Like, White Cross sounded like Rat a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, um, you know, and... And then the styles changed so much, but they painted themselves into a box, probably unintentionally too. Yeah, they were like, "Hey, we're good at this. We can do this," and they did it. And and then they kind of unintentionally painted themselves into a stylistic box. So I can't really imagine like if Scott Wenzel, who by the way, um, you probably know this, John, but most people, well, I don't even know if anybody knows who that even is. But if you do, um. He actually went to the same church as my parents and I when I was about four or five years old. And I remember him, you know, being there. He, you know, in the last time I actually had a conversation with Scott Wenzel, he remembered me in in my sister as well. Uh, but that that was years ago as well. But, um, um, like, oh, I know. Like, I just can't, I can't imagine, like, a Scott Wenzel was to like all right well let's just do let's just do extreme metal now and he and he was all like in the kingdom like (laughs) it'd be like really as much as i like the growling vocals like it just i don't think it would work for them so why so why does it work for a band like demon hunter because demon hunters always from their first album they've always had uh, a variety of vocal styles i mean yeah their first album was you know fairly heavy but they had some some slower melodic songs on their first album and every album since they've always had at least between two and four like quote-unquote ballad songs and they've always had like the at least the one song that's all the growly screaming and like all the other songs were like you know some singing some screamy growly stuff Mm -hmm. and and they've just always had they've always made every album like there's no demon hunter album that's just all death metal growls the whole thing through that doesn't exist yeah um and and their new album um one of they have two new albums if anybody's listening and they don't know demon hunter they just had two albums come out today um one album's called peace and one is called war um, and the Peace album is actually all clean vocals, except for there's one song where there's a little bit of 
heavy growling for like one part but other than that the whole album is clean vocals and that's the only album they've ever done that's all clean vocals and then the war album is uh i want to say vocally speaking it's a very similar style to every other demon hunter album they've had where you've got a lot of clean a lot of growling and yeah. you know a mix of everything um the only thing that's really different about the war album is there's no ballads on it per se because all their ballads are on the peace album but other than that i mean so do you think it's it, like versatility the ability to adapt of well i don't know if, if it's for them i don't know if it's the ability to adapt because i think from the beginning they've just had versatility okay well and so they, for them it's versatility. And you know, to be fair they've gone through quite a few band members within yeah the band. they have so yeah, there, not, there not is lately, probably yeah. there is probably a change up of ideas. Um, For sure, um, I was and actually I, I'm sure that to... probably keeps him a little fresh as well. You know? Yeah, yeah. I was actually listening to uh, Demon Hunter has a podcast. Uh, if you go to theblessedresistance.com, you can you know you can listen to their podcast and stuff. And they were saying that promo. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm plugging I'm plugging other people's stuff here. Um, <laughs> Um, We've got Andrew Schwabs. <laughs> We've got Demon Hunters. We <laughs> I'm, I'm just plugging every podcast I like here. <laughs> that um, we're promoing uh, Death Therapy. Go out and pre-order. Yeah, Death Therapy too. Go yeah, pre-order. pre-order the album. Pre-order. The 12th. <laughs> um, so, oh, uh, Ryan Clark was talking about like, uh, he's like, oh, you can tell which riffs my brother wrote because of, and then he explained how to kind of tell tell which riffs you know don wrote compared to what riffs he wrote he's like if you hear a riff like this and, and you know he kind of describes it he's like that's don you know everything else off the first album you know that doesn't sound like that would have been either him or me or just me so yeah i mean for sure you can listen to the first album and then the newest album and you can hear certain guitar guitar styles that are completely different because you know now you've got you know, Ryan probably writes a majority of the music, but then you've got Patrick, the guitar player, who writes a lot as well for Demon Hunter now. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, and um, yeah, I think they've just got a really good. They've they figured out from the beginning to be versatile with their style and not paint themselves in a box. That's that's really what always kept me to coming back to them is, you know, that and they write songs that really kind of grab hold of you one way or another whether you're talking about the ballads or whether you're talking about the uh the angry songs you know where you just want to like get in rip someone's face off songs either one there there's an ability to reach both times in both moods that i'm feeling yeah yeah you know I, mean, I mean i feel like ryan clark has the ability to write stylistically and lyrically just amazing songs it's yeah a, he's got a beautiful voice but he's, he's also got a very very solid metal scream growl yeah. you rip know your face off yeah he's got both like yeah. he can sing really well like there's one song on the new um peace album of the very last track that's like doesn't sound like if you were to like play for someone who's never heard deep hunter a typical listen to this song they would they'd be like that's the same dude that's the same band actually like yeah so yeah like ryan clark figured it out from the beginning yeah. i mean so to speak i mean that wasn't you know well and, hunter wasn't their first and let's band. be fair let's be fair that i mean some of the reason why we like these kinds of bands is because the bands can produce these kinds of you know effects or emotions or they just write good music that you can listen to. Like when I go out running, like I can think of all the songs that I would listen to. So uh, I, I love running to like the other day I popped in uh, Death Therapy, first album, uh, Wake, you know, um, and it's a great song to run to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then. Um, the uh, flatline, living sacrifice. I can run to oh, that yeah. one. I can totally run yep. to that. That's um, because of the beat, though the the drum beat, right? Am I yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. It's a good. It's a good. It, you know, 
it's a great song to just like sit there and run full out and it, it it's just an amazing thing to have that kind of band that you can like plug in you don't have to think about it you can you can listen to like wake me and it fits the running pattern for the speed that i'm running mm-hmm. and it's a good song you know what i mean and then you got flatline drums match it perfectly how about mm-hmm. uh dude i love running to uh storm the gates <laughs> yeah I, I dude i don't know why <laughs> but it's a great song for me to run to yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, I'm trying to think of another uh, band and another song that I would run to. Um, Amata Marth is a really good band to if you're just like if you're not thinking about the lyrics. Yeah. Um, not that their lyrics are terrible, but if you're just talking about musically, like their their music's good to exercise and work out to and run to because they've always got this like really intense kind of like driving beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- yeah, I think Amato Martha is a really good one to exercise and work out to for sure. Uh, I was thinking of man, oh m- microscopic view. Okay, from Turnkit. Yeah, that's microscopic yeah. view, dude. Well, arguably one of the greatest albums, I think, in my opinion. Uh, it's one of the greatest albums up there. I would say it's probably yeah. within my top two or top three for Tourniquet, at least. Um, psychosurgery is definitely within that top tier as well. Yeah, um, man. You know, they had some hit or miss albums that I either cared for. You know, Tourniquet's kind of a weird band because they, you know, Ted is, he's so, I, I believe he's so good at trying to follow the genres. But sometimes it's a hit or miss with him, you know, like he, yeah, like he nails example, it down. He nails yeah, it down like, really it, solid, or he kind of misses it by like a one or two years. And I think it's always been a problem with finding the right vocalist, having a solid band. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so like, for instance, um, um, Vanishing Lessons what came out in like 96, mm-hmm. and that fit perfectly with like that style of metal that was popularized mm-hmm. at the time so you know metallica fuel i'm not saying they're a ripoff of metallica fuel but mm-hmm. stylistically it, it fit in with that style of metal that was popular at the time very well mm-hmm. so uh yeah i yeah i, I agree Crawl to they, china I te- same same yeah. i mean that that's the same that was like a, a year or two after yeah that was about a year or two after yeah they lessons. did the and, they did the collected works the archives mm-hmm. the acoustic archives and mm-hmm. then followed wasn't that how it went i think no i think i think crawl of china was before the acoustic archives but that's not by yeah much. you're right you're right you're right yeah <sighs> but i remember but, getting crawl to china and i remember going from acoustic or er, uh the collected works to <laughs> so i listened to collected works and then I listened to uh, uh, Crawl to China, and I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, night and day albums. You yeah. Know? I mean, Collected Crawl Works Collected Works was just, it is what it is. It was Collected Works with, like, I believe, two original songs on the album. One at the beginning and, then, and one at the end, right? Yeah, that's the one with the child on the front, the greenish colored album, right? No, it's the hand with the... The decrepit hand coming out of the prison. Which one? The I'm jail. Thinking, no, I'm thinking of an EP. Which EP am I thinking of? The EP, the one with the child. It has a child. It's like a greenish color, and they do one. Oh shoot! They do carry your wounds. Uh, oh carry yeah, carry the wounded. That's Is that right. What it's called? The yeah, carry the wounded was uh, 95. Oh wow! So that was even before vanishing lessons then. Um, because I'm pretty sure so? Vanishing Lessons came out in '96, '94. Oh, '94. Okay. Yeah, I had to look it up. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. So then, um, yeah, the Collected Works. That one had um, Fall Has Come Again. Which no, the, that, no was that was Vanishing, vanishing. Lessons. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, Vanishing. Yeah. But I think that was on the Collected Works, though, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. Okay. That's why I'm thinking of it. Because the collected came in ninety six. 
Okay. Yeah, the collected works came in '96. Okay. Um. Yeah. And so I think. I. That's why I Ted, said like I. I think Ted like, I think he. I think he just does what Ted wants to do. Yeah. You know, I think he's just like I want to be original, and he is. I. I don't think there's any contest to argue against Ted being original. You no, know? not at all. So for anybody uh, listening, go on YouTube and look up Ted Kirkpatrick drum solo and then come talk to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously the greatest, but what a lot of people probably don't know that are even maybe Tourniquet fans is that he writes all the guitars and lyrics as well. Yeah, like like 85%. Of everything. Of everything, yeah. So he'll so have it already like wrote and not just like you know by ear but like you know wrote out and then when come time to record then he like you know they'll play it and he'll go over it with everyone and then they go in and record it yeah probably one of the most like (laughs) ingenious guys to be in the music world you know yeah really it, and sometimes he records a lot of the stuff himself even not i mean yeah they have a guitar player but i mean sometimes he records some of the guitar parts himself even yeah incredible so we're not dogging him out we're just we're talking about genres and the ability to adapt to genres and and and, and tourniquet's been around since 89 so that's 30 years right there yeah and they just had an album that came out like what a year ago yeah or less no not even yeah what, what did you it think was, about that album I'm curious. I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking because I'm trying to remember when it came out. It was. Remember, it wasn't a year ago. It was like a few months ago. Yeah, it was a few months ago. Yeah. Because remember they had the uh, they had the new vocalists on this one. I didn't like the vocals as much, but I liked the music a lot. I thought yeah. it was great. I, I, I go as through well. and listen to it. I, I did as well. go through and listen to it a few more times. So. Yeah, I because the vocal, you know, the couple songs that they promoed. I really like the vocals on those, mm-hmm. but it seemed like the vocals lacked like a kind of variety that you got with like Luke Easter and Microscopic, or even Gary. What is his last name? Um, um, the original singer. Yeah, yeah. I well, that guy. That. that guy was all over the map with variety. Yeah, he he was a little. He was a little out there too. I think he, he was, was like fantastic. a pioneer. I think he was a pioneer for wanting to be creative, because that guy was yeah. just like, I don't want to sound like anybody else. Yeah, and he <laughs> he, he nailed it. He nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it. He had like the most. Oh man, I don't even know how to describe it. A very unique style of vocals. Yeah. Like you can't do it unless you're him almost. And it changed album to album. I mean, yeah, Stop because... the Bleeding to Psychosurgery. Yeah. It's like night and day. Yeah, and he almost like almost went full on death metal for like at least the song um pathogenic ocular dissonance. Yeah, and then, you know, it was like a... almost full on death metal. And you know, Arca Suffering on the Stop the Bleeding album, compared to the rest of the album, is like way different. It's a way different song, vocally and everything, from every single song on that album. It's just like yeah. everything. Like, I don't know, that guy thrived on being like different. You know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> he was good at it. Um, the guy was so, eating yeah, look, his look, different Cheerios that day. He was just like, mm-mm. Mama bless me with being incredibly like Michelangelo stepping yeah. out. So I'm um, the Michelangelo of of metal vocals, <laughs> specifically metal vocals. Yeah, metal vocals. We're gonna make it great again. Mm-hmm. No, so I, I I think you're right. I think um, I think Demon Hunters. I think one of their. I, I well, let me just say this. I think. Music all around has struggled to, from decade to decade, to be original in its own right. Um, and then once their era has passed, they they struggle to stay relevant and new. 
Yeah. Um, because, well, and I think there's a number of factors. I don't think it's just being creative. I don't think it's the music. I, I do believe that there's a lot of truth that the music has changed, um, like from 70s to 80s, 80s to 90s, 90s to now. Um, because, you know, we're in the metal bubble. That's all we're talking about right now. But, the you know, look at the, like, R&B scene. Um, look at, like, the rap scene, which, you know, stormed the world, basically. Um, even some of the old rappers are having a hard time finding relevance in a newer generation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the idea and concept that they originally started and maybe they're the grandfather of this or that or this rap or that rap, you know, that they're the OGs. Even some of those guys have a hard time finding relevance in a newer generation. You know, uh, I think that it comes from a different factor, a whole bunch of different factors. One of them being is that you have new generations being, you know, every decade you have a new generation listening to different kinds of music. And those decades of youth, they are either enticed by a certain kind of music, and you never know what it's going to be. It's just like a like kids playing video games. You don't know what they're going to be liking or disliking. And the likes and dislikes are always changing. Does, mm -hmm. that, make, does that make sense? Um, yep. As far as what we're talking about, like within Christian music, um, I, I believe it's much of the same. Because I remember listening to Striper and, you know, White Cross and I remember listening to those bands. But then when, say, a band like um, Circle of Dust came out or uh, Clank, remember Clank? Clank? Yes, yeah. Clank, Leader Dogs for the Blind. Yeah. Um, I, I remember the first time uh, seeing Switchfoot. You know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they don't really fall into the same genre, but I, I just remember, like, the time... How about Grandma Train? I barely remember them. You barely... <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were a blip Dude, on the... They were I, a blip on the map, and then they passed. <laughs> Dude, I haven't heard that band name in probably <laughs> 10 or 15 years. I'm going to send you videos, Matt, just so you can watch Dude, them. But yes. I'm just saying, like, I think those bands, they... They were faced with a changing decade and a changing style that they could no longer compete with, or life happened and they just dropped out of the map. Yeah, I think Whereas, a lot of times they have kids. People have kids and they have don't want to be kids, and some make the decision like, "I need to go into a career field. Maybe I mm. want to be a producer. Maybe I want to, you know, work for a banking company." You know what I mean? Well, another, yeah, for sure. And I was going to say another another band that's like a perfect example of, of like being, making themselves relevant with every album is Skillet. I mean, dude, Skillet, yeah. they're a Christian band, but they're on the radio, on the secular radio now. Yeah. And that's because they've made themselves relevant and not like we're, you know, like I remember their first album was like grunge. And oh, then, I remember. Yeah, and then and then like in the early two thousands, they kind of had like that nine inch nails kind of like industrial kind of thing going. Yeah, and like and then they started getting like a little heavier, and then you know I'm trying to think what their big hit was. Was it Monster? Hero. Was that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Then they started putting out stuff that was a little bit edgier for or, the, for that. Well, they set. did. I think that was their big big hit, like yeah, the one that went like radio like amazing like everywhere. Um, yeah. But the album before that, I, I can't think of the name, um, but they had some great, I actually like those songs a little better than, you know, the Hero album. Um, better Than Drugs. Do you remember that song? Mm-mm. Oh, dude. An awesome song. It's so I'll catchy. I'll go and listen to it. It's so catchy. Um, better Than Drugs. One of my favorite songs that they have out, you know? But yeah, you're right, man. A band like Skillet, I would say, would probably be the most versatile band to stay relevant. You know, and they've only gotten bigger and bigger. And yeah, I mean, they've been around for probably close to thirty years, about twenty-five years. Yeah. And how often does that happen? Where you, you know, you only get more, you know, more popular with every album. Yeah. 
and continue to stay relevant to Especially a new genre a, and a new decade of, you know, growing up youths who yeah, are going to go out and buy your material. With a Christian band. With a Christian band. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in the secular world, they're more popular now than they were 20 years ago. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, no one probably ever heard of them 20 years ago in the secular world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you know, they figured it out. Yeah. Well, I... Um... I think we're going to wrap it up. I in the you know in the next couple podcasts um, we have another uh, guest coming on, uh, someone that I think is going to be really exciting to have on. Um, he is the owner of a company that has some amazing stories that I think are really relatable to everyone. Something that's, um, you know, he's got some good stories to tell. And a couple of them I was on, I got to see firsthand some crazy stuff. And uh, I think it's going to make for a great podcast. Um, but you got anything, Matt? Um, at the moment, I'm drawing a blank. Other than, yeah, just uh, pass the show along to your friends. Help spread the word. Go buy. Thanks to go everybody. Go pre-order death therapy. <laughs> Your death therapy comes out April. 12th. What was that? You broke. I've up. already. You broke up. Oh, I'm sorry. I said yeah. Go go order. Uh, go pre-order death therapy comes out April 12th. I've already <laughs> got my my copy pre-ordered, so I had to. All right. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Um, All right. Yeah. So I was gonna say also too to thanks everyone who's listened to the show and you know helped us out that way by listening uh spreading the word we both really yeah we both really appreciate it and we hope you enjoy as much listening as john and i do yeah having these conversations and talking and you know for us i i will add this matt that for us the name is what this is supposed to be about it's just supposed to be like we talked at the beginning of even this episode like sitting around a campfire having conversations um if you can think back to when you were in your childhood or your youth and you would sit around with your friends and you would talk about crazy stories of like our, you know, like the Bigfoot or, uh, you know, you hear scary stories and you talk about like, you know, Friday the 13th, Jason running around behind you and you're trying to freak each other out. Um, that's what this is for is just to, um, kind of reminisce and talk about things that you would hear around a campfire. You know, so yeah, and just have like a real uh, bonding experience. Yeah. All right. Well, and that's about it. That's, that's about it. Yep. All right. Well, we appreciate you listening, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace out, y'all.